Yeah, well, I'm really honored to be here tonight, and it's just so good to be at home. It just feels like home being here, so thank you guys so much. You carry God's presence so well, and it's just an amazing privilege. Um, I felt like during worship, one of the things God was speaking in what he's going to do this evening is to really break off fear. And I just want to remind you, we're going to go over this again and again. Fear is not something we fight against. We become full of love. That's our effort. That's our focus is to become full. So just as we go tonight, just come, keep receiving to become more and more and more full of God's presence and his love until every bit of fear is broken off, is released in your life. So I just want to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll get started here. God, thank you so much that you're here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just the joy it is just to be here, Father God, and that we can live and commune and walk with a living Father. We welcome you tonight, Lord Jesus. Touch our hearts, God. We want to know you more. We want to become so full of who you are that we can't help but show the world around us who you are. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're going to do. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So before we jump in, I just want to share maybe a little bit about who I am, if you don't know me, and, and how I got here. Um, so I went to Taylor, graduated in 2017, and all a part of that journey, um, really part of my faith journey, was here at Kingdom Life, um, kind of very soon after it started, and getting to see it kind of explode and see what God has done in this place. And so this is a really special place to me. I'm now uh, in the south of France in a place called Saint-Pertois-Château, and I work with an organization called YWAM, and um, I lead their DTS program there, which is awesome and an amazing privilege, and I'm excited to share with you some of the things that God is doing in Europe. Um, it is not a place that's dead or post-Christian, or it's a place where God is moving, and it's really, really exciting to be there, so it's going to be awesome. Um, you may not know as well, but I'm one of the missionaries that this church sends out. So thank you guys so much. You are part of what God is doing around the world, and you are part of what God's doing in the south of France as well. So thank you so much for that. Really appreciate that. Um, we're going to start today. We're going to be in the book of 1 John. And I really want to talk tonight about walking with the Father. What does it mean to live a life that is full of the Father, full of love? What does it mean to actually walk with him? First John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. The gospel is alive. The gospel is tangible. I love this phrase, that which we have seen and heard. So the gospel doesn't stay in the realm of your intellect. It becomes real through your life. And that's what I want to share with you tonight, is the reality of the gospel 
that it's not something that we hear about, not something that we read about. It's actually something that we experience. Um, last, let's see, we are, I'm a little jet lagged, but I think we're, it's Sunday night. Okay, so last Wednesday, uh, we were in the streets of France in, in a town called Avignon, and we're just doing some street evangelism. I was on the street walking up, there was a guy, we just walked up to him and asked him, hey, how are you, what you doing? Um, we're just walking around and asking people if they have pain in their body. And he's like, no, I don't have pain in my body, but my friend over there, he's sitting down and he has a lot of pain in his body. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> we walk over to him, hey, do you, do you have pain in your body? He's like, yeah, I do. I'm a hair cutter and I'm on my feet all day. And by the end of the day, I can't walk because I'm, I have so much pain in my feet. And I was like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, that's kind of weird. And so I'm like, well, we just want to pray for you because I believe that Jesus can take your pain away. And he's like, I don't believe in Jesus. And I said, oh, no problem, no problem at all. Just watch this. And so <laughs> we get him to stand up and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna put my hands on you. I just put my hand on his feet and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then he starts like looking at me and he's like, wow, when you touched my feet, I felt all this electricity just go through my feet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just Jesus. He's actually real. And then he starts walking around and he's like, I don't have any more pain. This is crazy. Hey, pray for my back. My back is all out of joint. <laughs> okay, okay, no problem, no problem. Pray for his back, his back gets healed. He's like, no, this is real. Then he comes to his friend, he's like, hey, hey, come get over here, get over here. These people, they can heal you. And, and I was like, oh, well, you know, Jesus does it, but yeah, come on over, come on over. His friend comes over, he's smoking a cigarette, and the guy's like, I don't think Jesus likes cigarettes. You, you need to not smoke your cigarette. I was like, no, actually, it's no problem. I think Jesus just loves you, and he's gonna touch you right now. And the guy's like, well, I have pain in my shoulder. I was like, no problem, Jesus can take that away. We pray for him, the guy gets healed as well. And just in that moment, what happened? The gospel became real, right? So it went through this, for this question of, I don't believe Jesus exists, to this reality that, wow, actually he came, it became flesh, it touched my body, and now this guy believes in Jesus, right? Because he's seen with his eyes, he's looked at it, his hands have touched it. That's what we're called to. We're called to make the gospel real. God speaks, his word comes into us, and we become that flesh, that body that touches those around us. It's so much fun, it's such a joy, it's so exciting. Um, yeah, where do I wanna go here? I think what we often try to do with religion is to empty ourselves of the things that we do wrong, and that is the exact opposite of the gospel. The gospel is the purpose of the gospel is to fill us with God himself. In 1 Corinthians it says that he is the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The purpose of the gospel is to fill us until we become like Jesus. My personal story, when uh, I was a younger child, I have an older sister, and she is just about as close to perfection as you can get. And I was not that kid at all. I was the younger brother who was always getting into trouble. Um, I had a problem with anger in my life as well. And I think really looking back on it, I was really angry that I couldn't become like she was. And so I always measured myself by her and compared myself with her. And it was really frustrating for me. And so that kind of developed until I became angry with other people. 
um, yeah, I would get into fights with people and it would just, it was really, really frustrating in me. And when I was 17 years old, I remember really clearly, um, I had just had this outburst of anger and my mom sent me up to my room and I just remember going in my room and saying, I just have no idea what to do. I've tried everything I can be and I can't change myself. And as I was in my room, I thought, well, I guess I can try to pray. We'll see what happens. But I feel like God's angry with me because here I am, I have a great family. I have a wonderful sister, but I can't achieve, I can't be like her. And that was so, so frustrating and disappointing to me. But as I was sitting in my room and I just started to pray, I got hit with wave after wave of this love that God wanted to show me. And I was so confused. And I was asking God, well, why? why? Why are you loving me? You Here I have this family. Here I have all of these amazing things in my life. And I can't measure up. But why would you show this love to me? And I just sat in my room and I just wept for about three hours as these waves of love just came over me again and again and again and again. And it wasn't that I lost my anger. It was that I became full of love to the point where anger didn't have a place. And that is when the gospel became real to me. That is when I came to know Jesus. Because before it was all in my head. It was all, yeah, I know, I know what the gospel says. I know I grew up in this wonderful little Christian home. But at that moment, the gospel became real because love came down and it touched my life. And that's what we're called to show the world, that reality. Um, yeah, another story, this is fun. Uh, this was like maybe three weeks ago. We're out on the streets. Love, love being out on the street. It's so much fun. I just want to encourage you guys. I get the first time that I started to go out on the street, it was like, oh, it's so hard. What am I going to do? I, I need to do all this crazy stuff. And it's not like that at all. We just walk with our Father, and He comes and He shows us things, and then we just do them. It's not about us, it's not about this pressure. It's just about walking with Him. So just walking on the street one day, and there was a guy that really tugged on my heart, so I went up to him. His name was Carlos, just started talking with him, and he began to share with me about his life. He had a wife that had passed away, and he was alone with his one child, and I asked him, you know, like, oh, do you, do you believe in God? And he said, yeah, I believe God exists, but I don't believe he cares about me. I don't believe he has time for me. And I just asked him, well, Carlos, would you want to experience God right now? Because I believe he does care about you. And I believe that he sent me maybe halfway around the world just to show you that. And he said, well, okay. <laughs> and so I prayed for him. And as I started praying, he just started weeping. And as I finished, he said, wow, I've never experienced anything like that. I've never experienced love like this. God exists and he's real. And I believe that he cares for me. I believe he sees me. So for Carlos, again, what happened? That which he heard about became real in his life. And that the reality of the gospel is what changed him and actually turned his heart towards God. Um, so what is love? It's a great word that we use a lot in our everyday language. It's interesting in, in French, the word for love and like is actually the same word. So it can be really tricky to distinguish what is, what is love also in that language. So what is it? What, what, do we, what, is, some, what is love actually? Let's look uh, at 1 John 4, 7 and 8. It 
says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So love is something that is practical. Love is something that's tangible. Love is something that slows down for the person in front of us. It's something that stops for the person in front of us. Christ stopped for us. Christ gave his all for us because of love. His motivation to come was because he loved us. And the love of Christ is radical. It's unreasonable. It doesn't make sense. He gave up everything to come to a people who didn't want him. And it's by receiving this unconditional love that we're changed. And as we receive this love, then this, it causes us to want to stop for those in front of us. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. So this reality became real to me when I was in India. Um, I got to spend two years there, an amazing time, challenging but really wonderful. And one day I was traveling uh, from the Himalayas back down to the central part of India, and there was two trains that I had to take. The first was nine hours and the second one was eight hours, and with a changeover in, in Delhi. And so I remember I was traveling, I did the first train, and I stopped in Delhi. And Delhi is a city of about 20 million people. And it's one of the only places in India where everyone is mixed together. So there's a lot of this caste system that divides people. But in the, in the railway station, everybody's catching the train. And so you have high caste, you have Brahmins, you have the, the priests in their saffron robes, and you have everything. You have cows, monkeys, everything is just mixed together in kind of a giant chaos. And I remember just standing with my head against a pillar and just so tired, not in a very spiritual you know, point, of, point of view. And as I was standing there, I saw a beggar coming down the platform, and he was missing a leg above his knee, and he was just pulling himself on his hands. And his hands were completely black from um, him just pulling himself down the platform. His corta, or his t-shirt, was just torn. And as he was coming down, there was a group of tourists who stuck out. You could tell them anywhere. And as he got close to them, they were laughing and talking, and then they saw him, and they kind of stopped, and they didn't really know what to do. And I thought, you know, that's often what happens with us when we see pain. We don't like to look at it, and we don't really know what to do with it. And so we kind of just look away. Even when, I don't know if you're ever driving, you see the person with the sign. You don't want to look them in the eye, you know? But that's not the gospel. The gospel says, no, stop. Look at them. Show them what love is. And for some reason in that moment when I saw this beggar continuing down the platform, my heart just left within me and I ran after him and I stopped him. And I'll never forget it. He looked up at me and he just asked me the question, why did you stop? And in that moment, as he was down on the ground, I felt like everything changed. And I saw myself down on the ground with my t-shirt torn and completely dirty. And I saw Jesus looking down at me. And I remember I looked into his eyes and I got down to my knees and I took his hands because in India when you touch somebody, it's like you are identifying with them. You become unclean when you touch them. 
So I got down on my knees and I took his hands and I said, I stop because I love you. And there's a God in heaven who loves you as well. And he just started crying and I started crying. And right there on the platform, he came to, he came to Jesus. It was one of the most beautiful moments I've had in my life. But the Lord just was speaking to me in that moment that no, love, it stops. It stops for the person in front of you. It's not something that's maybe extremely difficult to show. It's something that's small and that stops. And when you stop, the Lord is able to work. When we stop, when we let ourselves rest in his presence, that's when the Lord can work. So everything, what we're, what we're called to do is to stop, to walk with our Father and watch as his love transforms the lives of those around us. I believe that we're never called to do great things for God. I think we're called to live rooted and grounded in love. And God does his work. And it's amazing the work he does. It's so much fun to watch him work. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do. We, we are not that important, you know? It's about him and knowing and receiving his love. And again and again and again, I'm gonna say this again and again, to rest in that love, to stop and to let him work, let him in, receive his love. This is a hard work, is to know how to receive. And the Lord made this truth real to me when I was in Africa. I remember, uh, yeah, this was the third week I was into three months in Africa, living in a little room with 10 other guys, and it was hot, and we only had water every couple days. And the, the morning meal was beans and rice, and the evening meal was rice and beans. And it was just, it was not the most, uh, you know, luxurious living style. So I remember just walking in the village, and I was like, oh, God, I'm just done. I'm complaining about life. Why, God, why did you call me here? What am I doing here? And this lady comes up to me, and she says, hey, you need to pray for me. And honestly, everything within me was like, I really don't want to. <laughs> I'm sure you could find someone else. But she came up to me. She was dragging her leg behind her. I found out later she was in a truck accident, and um, her leg was broken, and she wasn't able to go to a doctor, so she was just living with it. So she comes up to me, and I had zero faith. I, didn't, I was not in a mood to pray. But she just asked me, and so I said, okay, fine, I'll pray for you. I put my hand on her leg, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And it went, whoop, right back into line. And I said, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> Being the great man of faith that I am. And, <laughs> and she said, I can't believe it either. And she was actually, it's the craziest thing, she was a Muslim. And so she invited me back to her house, and she starts telling her neighbors, look what happened to me, look what happened to me, you know me, look what happened to me, my leg, it was broken and now it's, now it's straight. And I got to preach to all of her neighbors and lots of them came to know the Lord that day. But what the Lord was telling me again is, Jonathan, it's not about you. It was not because of my faith, it wasn't because I was some great man of God coming to pray, it's because he loved her. And he would use me, he would use anybody because he cared so much about her that he would send a guy from Colorado all the way around the world just to make that love real in her life. And that's it, you guys. 
that's what it's about. It's about him, it's about walking with him, about knowing him and stepping back and watching as he works and his kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I, th- I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ. I love this scripture. You may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ. Why? Because you're rooted, you're established in love. It's time for us to begin this hard work of receiving, to begin this hard work of staying rooted and established in the love of Christ. This is our calling. This is who we are. So we're, um, oh yeah, okay, one more story, sorry. Lots of stories, it's fun. Um, Okay, when I was, so right after I had this experience with the Lord when I was 17, I went to India. And this was just on a two-week mission trip. And I remember going to India, being in this huge church. The pastor preached a sermon, and he's like, oh, we got some people here. They want to pray for you after the service. And I was like, who are those people? And then he meant us, so that was good. I had never really prayed for people. I prayed for them a little bit, but not really in this kind of setting. And so everybody on the prayer team had someone who came up for prayer except for me, and I was really happy about that. It was no problem. But then I see in the corner of my eye, there is these two guys that are carrying up a lady who is as stiff as a board, and she, they come and they bring her to me. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll pray. And I, me being my little 17-year-old, I just, I just said, oh, in the name of Jesus. And right when I got to Jesus, her eyes rolled back in her head. She started talking, but her mouth was closed. She started thrashing all around, and I'm like, this is not normal. <laughs> Something's wrong. And so I remember I ran over to the native pastor. I was like, pastor, you know, this is happening. You know, uh, what's, what do I do? He's like, oh, she's demon-possessed. I'm like, great. You know, <laughs> well, you why don't you come over and cast the demon out? And he's like, you know, I'm really busy. You can do it. I'm like, okay, okay. So I ran back over, and she's, you know, flopping around on the ground, and she's vomiting, and great. And so I'm like, okay. And then I had this thought of just three months earlier, I had this experience with God's love, and all of these passages in the book of John were becoming real to me. And so I just got out my Bible, and all of these passages about love, I just started to read them over her. It took about 15, 20 minutes, but after that time, her eyes popped open, and she said, where am I, and who are you? <laughs> and it was really cool. She got completely delivered. She, she came to Christ. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. But again, God was speaking this truth so deeply in my heart. You are rooted and established in love, and this love that you carry, it's not something that's weak. It's something that's powerful. It's something that destroys the forces of the, de- of the enemy. And that's what we're called to. 
We're called to stay in this place, become full, become full until I overflow to the people around me. It's so fun, you guys. It's great. It's life with the Father, and it's probably the most exciting thing that we can do in our lives. Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Love is radical, and love is unreasonable. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't always need to make sense, but true love transforms our lives. And sometimes it will require something of us that's, that's challenging, and difficult, but it only requires something of us with the idea that there's more on the other side. And that's what's so beautiful, is when we learn to become full of love, we learn to trust. And we trust in our Heavenly Father, because I can say, yes, God, I know. I know what you've done in my life. I know what you've done before, and I know that you'll do it again. I remember really clearly when I was in India one time, I was the middle of the night, and I got woken up and brought to the police station as I was training pastors and missionaries illegally. And I remember in that moment, I had so much peace when I was standing in front of the, the, the director, the interrogator guy, he's asking me all these questions, and I just had so much peace in my heart. And I had the words to speak, and I answered the questions and they let me go, and it was totally fine. And after the fact, I kind of freaked out a little bit. <laughs> but in that moment, I had so much peace. And honestly, from that time on, I know that God is with me. And I've been in some other very, you know, maybe not the most safe situations, but I know that God will protect me. Why? Because I've experienced his love. I've experienced his peace. And that's what the Lord wants to do with us as well. He wants to give us these experiences that prove the reality of the word of God for us and that prove to be anchors in our life. That when the enemy comes into your life and he says, oh, no, this, is, this happened, or you're not valuable, or you don't belong, or this is not gonna be the future, you say, no, I know who I am because I have experienced the love of God. And these are why. I have these remembrance stones in my life of God's goodness that I can go back to again and again and again. Um, okay, love is radical. It's a little bit unreasonable. Another story, sorry, lots of stories. There's so much fun though. So I was in Africa and uh, I remember I was talking to a teenager and he came up to me and he's like, yeah, he's talking to me, yeah, there's this witch doctor in the village and he keeps talking, blah, 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 and I was like, hold up a second, there's a witch doctor in the village? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, we don't really have those so much in the US, you know, at least not openly operating in, in our little villages. And so I was like, well, why don't we go visit her? And he's like, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, well, I feel like she can experience the power and the presence of God as well, so, so let's go. And so this poor guy, I pretty much dragged him <laughs> with me to come and visit this witch doctor. And so he's leading me to the witch doctor's house, 
And we get there, and she's in her little hut when we get there, and she's doing her little ritual thing and chanting and whatever. And I'm sitting outside of her hut, and I have this thought, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> I have no idea what to do. I've never experienced this before. But I had this, this sense and this leading of the Holy Spirit that this is where I was supposed to be. And so she comes out of her hut. She was shocked to see a white person in her yard. And I just had this thought come into my mind. I said, hey, I just wanna pr- I'm here and I just wanna pray a blessing over your life. Would that be something that you would be open to? Can I pray that God would bless you? And she kind of thought about it a little bit and she said, okay, yeah, sure. And so I started to pray and I just prayed the Lord to bless her. And after I finished, I asked her, well, how are you, what do you feel? And she's like, I feel this peace that I've never felt before and I never have peace. What is this? And I said, oh, it's, it's just the presence of Jesus, he's here and he wants to show you who he is. And she's like, well, who's Jesus? I was like, oh, that's a great question. <laughs> and I got to share the gospel with her. And really, really cool, she came to Christ. And just to, to finish that story, we brought her to church the next week and it was so funny when the, the moment she got into the church doors, she started manifesting, we cast out demons. It was awesome, it was really, really fun. But in that moment, again, what I realized is it wasn't a fight between light and darkness. It was just that we, I carried the presence of God, not me as I'm some, somebody great, but I carried the presence of God and it was the presence of God that overcame that darkness in an instant. So it was becoming full. It was inviting the Lord in. So just after I finished with this, with this witch doctor, the, the boy with me, he was like completely freaking out. And he was like, oh, this is so cool. He's like, you know, there's another one right down the road. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, let's go. You know, I was so excited. So we walk down the road. We knock on the, another door. And the lady opens it up. And she's like, oh, yeah, come on in. And I was like, okay, that's a little interesting. So we walk in and sit down. She's like, oh, I knew you were coming here today. And I was like, okay, that's cool. She's like, yeah, I saw your face in my dream last night. I knew that you'd be coming here today and you have something to tell me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> and it was so cool. Her husband was uh, one of the chief of police in that region and he had a problem with his legs where he couldn't walk. So we prayed for him and he got healed. And that witch doctor came to Christ and it was just, it was really beautiful. About a week later, I went back to visit her and she said, yeah, you know, I've been having these dreams and in these dreams, this person in white is coming to me and he's reading from a book. But I just, I don't know what it is. Do you know what it might be? And I'm like, oh yeah, I think I got a great idea. And so we gave her the Bible and now this family, they read the Bible together. And also all the police uh, problems in that city have stopped because this man came to Christ. So, so God is good and love is radical. It's unreasonable. And it has a result. It's not something that's just, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and love you. No, it's powerful. It's so, so powerful. And it changes lives. You guys doing okay? Okay. So I wanna talk a little bit about how do we make this love real in our life? I think one of the things I've probably struggled with the most in my life is this idea of work versus rest. We are so conditioned in our life to work for everything. We're conditioned in our life to perform 
and to try to gain approval for everything we do. One of the things I love about being in the south of France is that things do not move fast. They take four hours to have a meal. And I just remember the first time I finished in half an hour and everyone was just looking at me like, what the heck are you doing, bro? And we just sat around the table for four hours and we just did life together, we talked. We didn't have a purpose. And that was really, really, really hard for me because in my American mind, I'm like, we need to go, we need to do things, we need to, we need, there has to be some purpose, you know, we need to do something, it was so frustrating. But it was, again, the Lord speaking to me that no, this is, this is what it looks like to rest, this is what it looks like to stay in this moment. So God is not asking us, again, God's not asking us to do anything for him, okay? He's God, he doesn't need that. What he's asking us is to partner with him, to walk with him, to take the next step with him. And when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, people around me change. But that's not the goal. The goal is just that I'm fixed and connected with him. And it's, it's so much fun, it's beautiful. Um, last week or two weeks ago, I was down in our little village in France, and I was in the haircutter shop. And I was just getting my haircut, and the haircutter looks at me and she's like, "You know, every time you come in here, everything just changes. The atmosphere changes, and your face it kind of shines." And I'm just like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's." And I and she asked me why, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I just want to tell you like." about who God is and, and why me living life with him changes the atmosphere around me. And it was so cool when I started to share about God, the, the lady next to her, the other hair cutter was like, actually, you know, I'm a Christian too. And I've had an experience with God. And she starts sharing to her coworker about it. And now they, they're having this dialogue back and forth. And it was, it was one of the most beautiful things. It was like, oh yeah, this is really cool. And I didn't do anything. I mean, I just walked in to the hair cutter shop, you know, to get my hair cut. And it's not that I was, you know, praying or doing anything like that. It was just that God was there. And I was full of him. And we are called to be full of him. It's not about our work. It's not about trying harder, doing more. It's about receiving more and more and more of him until we overflow to those around us. Um, yeah. So how do we experience this love that God has for us? It really starts from knowing who we are. It starts from knowing our identity in Christ. And again, I just, I just wanna ask you, and I think that's something that the Lord wants to do tonight, is if you have had this knowledge of the love of God, of maybe who God says you are, but it hasn't become real in your life, I think that's something that the Lord wants to do this evening is to make that real in your life. If I don't know this as a reality in my life, when things happen in my life, when difficulties come, it shakes me because the circumstances are, are actually what's you know, undergirding my faith. But I'm rooted and grounded in love and I have an experience with God's love, that's what keeps me anchored in Him. And then I can go through anything knowing that that love doesn't change. First John 3, 1, says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So knowing God's love is not something that I can work to gain. 
It's not something that I can achieve by doing more of. It's something that he wants to show me. And I just, there's a, a truth that we know deeply we can say it very many times that, you know, you're loved, you're an, you're an awesome person, you're amazing. But that can maybe lose its power because maybe there's nothing behind it. And I just, I really feel this, that God wants to show you his love tonight. And not so that he can get you to do anything, not so that he can get you to, to you know, do great things for him, but really that he can show you who you're created to be. And that from that place, you can live a life of walking with him in every step of the way. Um, yeah, just, just one last story. This, I remember when I first moved to India, I was in a little village of 1.2 million people. For them, it was a village. And there were about four English speakers in the whole village. And I didn't speak a word of Hindi at that time. And I remember walking down the streets in the market and asking the Lord, Lord, why did you bring me here? What am I supposed to be doing here? I don't speak the language. I don't know anybody. Why did you call me here? And out of the corner of my eye, I hear, I, this guy, he motions to me and he says in perfect English, he says, hey, do you, got, you wanna have tea with me? I'm like, okay. And this guy's a Hindu priest. He had an incense shop, and he was selling, he was selling incense. And he starts to tell me about his life, and we're drinking tea together. And he's like, you know, there's, there's this person that dropped off a book a while back, and I've been reading it, but I don't really know what it means. Do you, do you by chance know it? And he pulls out a Bible, and we start talking about the Bible together. And again, in that time, the Lord was saying to me, John, it's not about your work. I'm going to open the doors for you. You can walk through them, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. The Bible says in Ephesians that it's God who prepares good works in advance for us to do. And I just want to, want to say this truth that if we are working for God out of our own strength, we're going to fail and we're going to get disappointed by people, by others. But when we're full of God and we're flowing over to other people, it's not work anymore because my eyes are turned towards him and not towards myself or other people. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, for the love of Christ compels us. So I just, I just want to pray and ask that God would make the motivation of our hearts, he would make it this love that when we go out, that when we do our daily life, it wouldn't be about the things that we could do, but it would be about how much we've received his love and how much that love spills out to those around us. Isaiah says, uh, there's a beautiful passage in Isaiah, I think it's 64, um, that talks about all of our acts of righteousness are like filthy rags before God. All the things that we could do for him are like filthy rags. And again, I'm not saying that, well, yeah, don't do anything you know, good or just or righteous, but I'm just, I wanna hit on this thing about the motivation of our hearts. I'm not working to please God. I know him, I know he loves me. I've had an experience with it. I know who he is. 
I've tasted this love. I know what it looks like. I've seen this love at work. I don't need to, to work for it. I can live it out because I know deeply and I've experienced it so much. Again, for, uh, Philippians 2.13 says, it's God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's him that's at work. So I just wanna, maybe we can take a little bit of time here, but I just really wanna take some time to receive this love of God. And I really wanna encourage you, I, I know maybe we, we go through this a lot, we hear about the subject of love a lot, but I wanna encourage you to take time to receive it, to take time to say, God, here's an area of my life where I haven't received the love of God. And this is an ongoing process. It's not that I had my experience of the love of God at 17 and that was it. It's every day that we receive. Why? Because, because we leak, right? So every day we can receive this love of God. But if, if there are these areas of your life where you're saying, man, I would love to experience God's love in this part of my life. I would love to experience what it means that I am unconditionally loved, that I am pleasing to God in this area of my life. I believe that God wants to make that a reality for you tonight. Because the fact is that he's good. And the fact is that, just as we read in the beginning, the gospel is not meant to stay as words on a page. It's meant to be lived out. It's meant to touch your heart. It's meant to fill you until you can't contain it anymore. It's simple, but it's, at the same time, it's so deep. So if there are those areas in your life and you're saying, man, I just wanna be more full. I wanna be more, more full of who God is. I wanna, I wanna see him work in my life, but not out of a desire to please him, but because I wanna see his kingdom come. I think God wants to touch you tonight. So we're gonna take some time just to pray for that and then we can invite the worship team to come back up. And um, I think Matt maybe will lead us a little bit. But let's all stand up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just want to just take it a little bit of time to pray over this idea that we work or we earn God's love or God's pleasure. I think God wants to break off every spirit of, of religion. By what I mean by that is a spirit that works to gain God's approval in order that we can receive more and more of his love, okay? So if you wanna just put your hands out, um, ready to receive. I'm just gonna pray over that and then we're just gonna take some time to receive God's love, okay? God, I just wanna thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for um, the way that we can clearly see you work. Thank you for the stories of your faithfulness, of your goodness. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come right now. I ask you just to move across this room, God. Father, I just wanna speak to the areas, Father, of our lives where we have not yet received your love. I just pray that you would open up our hearts, Lord Jesus. We as a people choose to open our hearts to you. God, we choose to open our hearts for your love. 
we choose to invite you in and say, yes, Lord, I will choose you. I will search for you. I will search for your heart. And as a body, we just choose to say, I will stop working. I'll stop working to try to earn God's favor. I'll stop working to try to please him. In the name of Jesus, I just break off every spirit of religion and I say you have no place here. You have no place in this body of believers. You have no place over this region in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your love that casts out fear, that drives out fear, Lord. Thank you for the power of your love. I just ask you to come, Holy Spirit, come more and more and more of your presence, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for how you're working in us, Father.